Welcome to God, Yay or Nay. I'm your host, Noor Kidwai. I'm here to find out how we grow, transform, and become our best selves. How we create meaning in our lives. Come join me on my journey. Welcome to another episode of God, Yay or Nay. This is your host, Noor Kidwai. Thanks for tuning in. My guest this week is Kara Goodwin. Kara is a meditation teacher and host of the podcast, the Meditation Conversation Podcast. It's an amazing podcast. We talk all about meditation and basically how your mind works. It's uh, beautiful. I hope you guys enjoy. Check out my Instagram at NoorKidWai. We're part of the Comedy Here Often podcast network on 604 Records, so check them out too. But let's get into this week's episode, everybody. My guest this week, Kara Goodwin. Hey, welcome to another episode of God, Yay or Nay. I'm here with Kara Goodwin. Kara, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I'm excited as well. Um, I'll just let my audience know uh, you're um, host of the meditation conversation podcast and uh, you're a meditation teacher and you just have a lot of uh, expertise I'll say in meditation which is honestly just one of my favorite uh, practices and it's just so powerful so I always love to show it off on this podcast but uh, yeah maybe let my audience know what kind of drew you into meditation in the first place. Yeah well I kind of fell into it more out of necessity than I've always been very curious about meditation. Um, It was one of those things like if I came across an article on meditation or it was mentioned in a book or something, it was like, I got to get me some of that. You know, it always (laughs) seemed like this like key thing for people, but I had tried it, you know, several times and I just didn't really feel anything. I didn't feel like I was getting anything out of it. I didn't really know what I was doing. And I was very, very busy. So it was kind of like, well, figure that out one of these days. But um, I was, so it was kind of like this interest in it, but like not able to really commit to it. Um, And then a few years ago, I just had a series of calamities really in my personal life where um, just like from starting from May of uh, from May until like the end of November, I just had like a, a you know close family members who passed away or had major accidents that kept them in the hospital for a long time, or uh, our dog died. Um, we had like people having like major surgeries. Like my stepdad had a surgery on his brain stem and it was kind of like, well, what is happening that he needs this? And then, you know, he's going to be able to walk and so on. And, and, um, it culminated in the, um, so it kind of started with the death of my sister-in-law. And then, um, by the end of that year, my, my stepmom was having a heart transplant and had been in the ICU very sick for, a while before she received the heart. So it was just like a really, really hard year. And we were living abroad at the time as well. And so we did couldn't even easily be with family as these things were happening. Mm. Um, so you're also kind of having to watch it at a distance. Um, and it was just a really, really like a very difficult time. And you just, I, I just, started feeling like I didn't want to answer my phone anymore because every time I answer every time my phone rang, because you know how it is like people text these days, you know? So it's like, if my phone started ringing and it wasn't like, Oh, it's Sunday. And I talked to my family on Sundays, you know, cause yeah, we, we weren't living like... with near. It was like, Oh no, my mom's calling and it's Tuesday. Like, like what happened? Gonna, you know, it was, be bad, yeah. Yeah. And it always was too. It was always like, oh good, my dad's calling. You know, it was like, nope, my dad's calling on Tuesday at, you know, four in the afternoon. And that is not a good sign. Um, but anyway, so through all of that, I just really felt like, okay, meditation has been something that I've been drawn to. Now's the time to really like 
figure it out. And I knew I needed to get a teacher. I felt like the problem had been uh, that I just really didn't know what to do. I didn't know what my what my expectations were for it, but I just didn't feel like it was meeting any expectations because <laughs> I just sat there and thought the whole time. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm not meant to just be sitting here thinking and like making a grocery list. (laughs) 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 And so, um, yeah, it was really out of necessity. So then I I recognized that I needed a teacher and it was one of those things, you know, they say like when the student is ready, the teacher will come. And Mm -hmm. I, and I, um, I I'll jump to the end of our podcast and say, God, yay. But (laughs) at this point in my life, I really, you know, wasn't sure, but I, I, um, I was kind of just at this, uh, at a loss and it was like, Hey, you know, God, if you're, if, if you're a thing, you know, I really feel like I need a teacher. I feel like meditation is going to be something that's going to help me. Um, so if you're around, be a pal and, you know, help point me in the right direction. Um, and, and then things kind of started coming in pretty quickly from there where, um, I was led to some teachings and, and, uh, was able to ultimately develop a practice. And that was kind of how it all, all began for me. That's, uh, yeah, that's a beautiful story. And, uh, yeah, sorry again to hear all the stuff you had to go through. I, I, I know the feeling it feels like when one thing goes wrong, like a hundred thing goes, things go wrong right after. yeah yeah the emotional like just the turmoil that you can kind of get yourself in in your inner world um but I'm happy you found meditation because that's actually the best tool to kind of actually go into your inner world and just kind of maybe bring some calmness and some peacefulness to it which is it's beautiful so um I want to know then like you found this uh these some teachings you found some a meditation teacher, maybe, um, what was the first yeah. kind of uh, practice that you set uh, forth on? And when did you really find that like, oh, this clicks? Yeah, well, it actually started with um, an, a documentary called Awake. And um, there was an, another American friend of mine um, who was, you know, interested, who was like one of the few people that I could sort of talk to about um, sort of deeper things like that. And her mom actually recommended this documentary called Awake. And she she's like looking through her phone. She's like, there's something that I want to recommend. And I haven't watched it yet, but I feel like this would be good for you. And um, so I found it on Netflix and it was the biography of Yogananda, um, Paramahansa Yogananda, who's the author of Autobiography of a Yogi. And he came to America in 1920 and um, brought, he was one of the uh, ones who brought yoga and meditation, but he stayed, he lived here until his death in 1952. And I was like, I loved this documentary. It really spoke to me. I felt like, um, you know, it was one of those that you watch or that I watch and, and I, you know, it wasn't even over yet. And I was already kind of sad that it was going to end at some point, you know, because I felt like I was immersed in this world that I, I was really drawn to. And so I then read his autobiography, which is sort of standard reading for spiritual seekers, I loved his approach it was again at this time, I really wasn't, it wasn't a devotional thing for me. It was really more of like, I want to have an effective meditation practice and his style was very, he called it like the science of yoga and meditation. And it was very much about like the specific techniques and practices that will help you still the mind. And there's a lot of philosophy behind it. And he was very devotional as well, but it was a good place for me to start because, because of the practice, it was very practical mm-hmm. and, and I was not ready for something that was like, you know, really too, yeah, too spiritual. Devotional. Yeah. Like I, yes. I can understand that maybe too much into like the spiritual realm. You might be like, ah, like kind of turn your back on it a bit. Yes. And it, it was, I mean, the deeper I went into it, the organization that I learned his methods from, 
it did, it was a very like guru based, um, with him as the guru, uh, even though he's not in the body anymore that served me for a time. Um, but it was ultimately, you know, something that I needed to step away from. And, um, but it, it took me a while because they, you know, they were, they were a devotional, they are a devo- devotional, um, uh, organization. And it was very much like there, there was sort of a worship of the, of Yogananda as well, you know, and, 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 uh, I never, I, I, I kind of struggled with that, you know, um, that was always kind of, that was kind of the last piece to come in was the devotional aspect. And, um, and yeah, ultimately I, uh, I found that I had to keep moving on my path. Um, but I, I, I benefited greatly from the techniques that I learned there for sure. Mm -hmm. And, uh, do you have like one technique you kind of stick to, or do you kind of go from different, uh, techniques? I, I kind of have my foundational technique and I, that's what I teach as well. And when I, cause I lead a lot of meditations and I like to use that sort of formula to, to like, um, work through, you know, starting with relaxation and then working on concentration. Um, and there are techniques for all, for each phase. And then the last phase being an expansion phase, um, where we're kind of just in the essence of like a, a nice steady vibration. And that can take many, many forms of visualization or even affirmation or, um, kind of invoking healing in the body, focusing on certain parts of the body, focusing on expanding the heart. So there are lots of different ways to take it, um, at the end, but it's pretty standard, uh, the first two phases of, of that relaxation and concentration for my own personal practice though. I mean, I, I am open to other things. Like I won't shy away from like, if somebody wants to lead a meditation, um, you know, it's not like, Oh, that's not my method, you know, or but yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll do like breathwork sessions, you know, and, and all kinds of stuff. I think there are lots of different paths and really valid, um, techniques and things. So, and I'm still, you know, sometimes, you know, it's, it's not uncommon for me to find something that somebody else is doing that I don't even know about. And it's like, Oh my gosh, that's, that's incredible. I'm going to mm-hmm. incorporate that. No, that's uh, that's really nice to hear. Uh, so I know like a lot of people who listen to this, like we're mostly on the Western part of the world. So we very rational thinking, analytic minds. So like we love to like when we see stuff like this, we want to know the science behind it. And like one thing I know, like you're really good at like telling people about how meditation actually like physically changes the brain. And uh, I find that very fascinating. And I think that's a great way to get people interested in meditation, because when they hear about that, all of a sudden they're like, OK, so you're actually uh, have some like science behind that that's showing this and then they can jump in and then <laughs> the more spiritual stuff might come later. You never know. But uh, maybe can you let my audience know about kind of like what happens in uh, to your brain when you're meditating over time? Yeah, absolutely. And there are a lot of different ways that you can come at that topic. You can talk about brainwave states and so forth. Um, I I like to really simplify it because the brain is very complex. And and surprisingly, I'm not a neuro <laughs> neurobiologist or um, but so I'll keep it simple for myself, too. But, you know, we have like these, if you, if you think about the, the evolution of the human brain, we've got this kind of lower middle part of the brain that was sort of the first part of the human brain. And then as the brain evolved, it kind of built out from that middle lower part. And that middle lower part is kind of our animalistic brain. It's the brain, it's the part of the brain that we share with other animals. You know, they also have this limbic system and so it's like really more of a survival part of us. It's the the where our um the the survival things of like fear, you know, those protective things, fear, anger, um those sort of what we might associate with like lower kind of like our our least 
enjoyable mm-hmm. <laughs> states of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, when we're experiencing those, if you were in like an MRI and they were imaging your brain, it would be that limbic area that is lit up if you're angry or fearful. Um, so like if you're, you know, in traffic and somebody's antagonizing you, you're not, you know, not happy with how they're driving or whatever, that's going to be the part that kicks in when you're like starting <laughs> to feel impulsive about like honking or whatever. Um, and and hey, me too. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I'm like, come on. Yeah, I'm like I'm like meditation does a lot of stuff. It's not going to help you in traffic. You're still going to be mean, angry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it can help. Like, I'm not as triggered, but I still like that's still a, a hard one for me when I'm like, come on, what are we doing here? Um, but then we have like, if you think again about the evolution of the brain, the newer parts of the brain. Um, are those outer parts. And so we get the the front of the forehead, which is that prefrontal cortex, um, which is kind of right behind the, the brow plate there. And um, this is also where like our pineal gland is in the, th- the third eye. Mm-hmm. So um, as that is activated, we start to experience the higher um, the higher states that are, are the more evolved states, um, like our executive decision-making our creativity, our altruism, the sense of connection, um, when we can understand that we are part of a whole rather than just separate beings, that separateness that we feel is part of the limbic system. That connection is part of the prefrontal cortex. So, very simply and reduced, these two centers don't really, uh, they're not dominant at the same time. One is dominant or the other is. And so if we are just kind of being pulled along by life and we're just following like our, our impulses and getting, you know, carried away with anger or whatever, the more times that then then we're using the limbic system and the more we're using the limbic system, the more it's defaulting. It's just mm-hmm. like this pattern where it's like, oh, when I make decisions, it's my limbic system. And that's what the, we've habitualized, habitualized the brain to do. Mm-hmm. Well, through meditation, we're actively bringing our focus up to the point between the eyebrows. That's part of that. That's part of meditation is, is this focus um, up in the front of the brain. And so it's bringing the energy. Of course, we know where thoughts go is where the energy flows. Mm-hmm. So if we're just aware with the stillness of that point between the eyebrows, we're letting the energy flow up and flood the prefrontal cortex. The more we do that, the more that area gets stronger. Just like if you go to the gym and you're going to work on your biceps, the more you're focusing your attention on your biceps, the stronger they get. And it's the same with meditation. The more you're directing your energy up to the prefrontal cortex, the stronger it's getting, which means that outside of meditation, you are able to utilize the prefrontal cortex. It starts to become the more dominant uh, part of your brain that is making the decision. So this is why People often with meditation, it doesn't take a really long time to start to notice, hey, I have like a pause between a trigger and my response. And because of that pause, I'm able to make a a more well-rounded response than just mm. like, you know, immediately going with the knee-jerk anger or whatever. Um, that's kind of the low-hanging fruit of meditation. There are studies that show with um I think it's within eight weeks of practicing for 12 to 15 minutes a day. They, um, through imaging, they start to see a thickening of the prefrontal cortex, which is really, you know, so they can see with imaging that it's stronger. Mm -hmm. Um, so it, it is very powerful and helps us to be able to make that those higher, um, the uh, this higher center of the brain the the dominant part yeah i love that um and i like that because like how you were saying like so you have your limbic system which is basically our uh like you're saying is very emotional very primal emotions so like anger and fear 
And I love how you, when you start working on your prefrontal cortex, um, yeah, which is what you're doing during meditation and it thickens, it gives you that option to choose like not to go down that rabbit hole of what the limbic system is. Because when you are going down that limbic system response, it's very unconscious and you don't like, you're not acting consciously of what you're doing. And that's where you make the worst mistakes of your life. Right. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I love that point that, you know, you're, you're not, you're not being deliberate, you know, you're not really making a choice. You're just impulsively responding, you know, reacting Mm -hmm. really less than a response, more of a reaction. Mm-hmm. And I know one thing you do talk about is choice. And um, I, I think like, I want to kind of understand like your whole idea of like the importance of choice and how meditation can kind of help that. Because mm-hmm. my understanding of it too, is like how we, a lot of times we do f- kind of find out that we do act so unconsciously throughout our whole life, that we're not even making choice half the time, we just let our kind of habits um, and our just our reflexes just kind of make the choice for us and we're not even doing it ourselves. But uh, my understanding, like how you were saying, like when you get these moments of uh, clarity a little bit, that's when you can kind of have a little bit of a chance to make that choice yourself. And that can really just affect the whole direction of your life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that I love that. There's so much wisdom there because we do, we have so much, we built our lives of this, like these repeating patterns of response. And, and we feel a lot of times um, that we don't, we don't have a choice. Somebody does something and we don't have a choice in how we feel about it or how we respond or, you know, when life happens, that, you know, there's, there's just, however we feel the very first, you know, the very first thought or emotion is kind of like just what it is. And, Mm -hmm. and, and as we sort of go through our growth, we start to understand that actually we, we are always making choices. And, um, I actually had a really cool experience that highlighted this kind of at a really esoteric level. I don't know if you want me to talk about it, it was kind of like a, no, please, a vision. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I had um I had this vision. It was very complex. Like it had lots of different parts to it. It went on forever. It was kind of a surprise like I thought I was going to sleep at night and then I just sort of started seeing all this this stuff. And it was a really unusual experience for me, particularly at that time. I've I've had many more of these since but this was kind of the the first one like this. And so lots of different things happened. I was seeing a lot of different things and felt like I was moving through different, like different realms for lack of a better word, but, you know, to whole different, like you could think of it as like a room kind of, you know, and then moving into a different sort of room that was totally different. Um, <clears throat> but one of the, like the pinnacle of this experience was experiencing myself. Um, well, I I was this big, huge sphere of light, like huge, 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 huge. And, and a part of me was like, well, where's little Kara? Like, where's human me? You know, because I'm like, like, am I gone? You know, did I like, Am I, do I still have connection to the human body or whatever? Cause I felt very, very far away and I could, there was like this connection to this little, tiny, little, little, tiny pinprick of light. And it was really far away and it was, you know, on earth, which was really far away. But I understood that that was human Kara and she was fine. <laughs> And what I understood was that that little pinprick of light communicates to this great big ball of light through light. And the communication is through light. And and this big ball of light is responsible for delivering the experience 
to that little pinprick of light and it delivers it based on the light that's being expressed through that tiny light Mm -hmm. and every, and so I, as a human, I am constantly changing the, um, the amplification of my light, like the, the brightness of my light and whatever. And that tells that big ball of light, what to give me, like what level of experience to give me, because I can be experiencing anything at any given point in time. And it just depends where, where I am in my consciousness about what level, what light level that experience is, Mm. if you know what I mean. So like meaning, for example, you know, you and I are having a discussion right now and there are like an infinite number of ways that, that you could experience this and that I could experience it depending on what we focus on and where, where we let our consciousness be. Like if we want to be in a very judgy place and I want to just pick apart everything that I'm seeing and and think that you're doing the same about me, you know, I could, I can, I can make that choice. Like I can Mm -hmm. choose to focus on that. I can choose to focus on, oh my gosh, the audience is totally not going to be able to relate to this. And I'm not going to be able to get through to anybody. They're going to hate me. Um, and you know, if, if that's what I wanted to do Mm -hmm. or, you know, we can be present, we can be assuming that we are both, we both have the highest intentions that we are connecting and that we're connecting also with the listeners and that they can feel like our heart's intent and, you know, and there are, you know, a gazillion other ways that we could experience this. Um, you know, I could choose to be on my phone right now, like, and, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. have my, you know, like, so that in, and then you could choose how you feel about that. Um, but, you know, we kind of go through life just feeling like, however we feel about things or whatever we're doing, like, that's just how we're supposed to be experiencing it. But the the point, if we go back to this light thing, Every choice that I make affects the light that I send to that big ball of light. And so it goes down to what are the thoughts that I'm thinking? Because some of my thoughts are going to amplify my light and some of them are going to dim my light. What kinds of um, conversation am I engaging with? Am I gossiping? Like, am I breaking people down? Am I pointing out? the flaws? Am I projecting into a future that I don't want? Mm -hmm. That's going to dim my light. Or am I trying to express love and joy and gratitude? And, and um, am I trying to connect with somebody on more of an authentic level? Um, That's going to amplify my light. And it comes down to, you know, what kind of music am I listening to? And it's, you know, if I want to listen to kind of heavy, music that makes me feel angry or, um, you know, aggressive, that's going to have a, a, an effect on my light versus if I'm, you know, listening to classical music or, or something that is more uplifting. Um, the other thing that I want to make clear is there's no judgment. So this light is neutral. It's not like, it's not sitting there like, oh no, look what happened to her light. Oh my goodness. You know, it's just like, oh, you, it's just delivering like what you're asking for in terms of, you know, we can think of this as frequency. It was the way that, again, the way that I came, it came through to me was as light. Light is frequency, it has frequency, but, um, you know, some people talk about it in terms of frequency and, and that is compatible, but it's just a different way to talk about it or vibration, you know, a high vibration. Um, and again, like light waves have vibration. So, and, uh, frequency. So it's all the same, but it's, but the point just being that it's like, if you, if you are having an off day, it it is what it is, you know, nobody's there going like, ah, gosh, not again. God, are they ever going to get it right? (laughs) You know, it's just like, it's just, okay, that's where you are right now. So that's the level that you're going to get. 
And, you know, it's up to us to kind of learn how to master our thoughts and our emotions and our, our environment and to help us to align with our highest expression. Mm. If that makes sense. No, it makes a lot of sense. And I, I love that story. Uh, it really sounds like a psychedelic experience for the Wasn't most it? part. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I, I've heard so many, uh, honestly, myself included, I know you can get into like very psychedelic places with meditation, especially when you get to like a deep silence and meditation, like the things that open up in you like I've never experienced anything quite like that but I have done like stuff like ayahuasca stuff and like those kind of experiences like when I talk to people are very common uh but uh, I do know like when you get into these deeper experiences like sometimes you open up just like channels of energy in your body like I felt it like where I've just had energy just start shooting up throughout my whole body. And you're just like, where the fuck did that come from? Like, <laughs> you know, and like, so I, I completely understand that. Um, one thing you did say, like when you're talking about like, we choose how we think, we choose how we talk, we choose how we treat other people. This is such a important thing because like, I like how you use that analogy of your light because it, it's it is very true and honestly it's stuff I still struggle with I'm not I'm, I'm not even going to say like I'm mastered any of this stuff because I still struggle with it especially like uh I'm a comedian so like I, I do that all the time and I'm doing it every single night pretty much and uh I still sometimes um get caught up in like jealous thoughts or resentful thoughts when I don't get stuff I feel I deserve or I get caught up in, um, you know, by watching other people and kind of hoping they don't do as well, just because it's just protecting my own ego kind of thing. But um, I've I've noticed how bad, like, I just like how you were saying the light analogy. I've noticed how like I won't get much of light in that situation, and I end up in like a much lower place, and like, and it really feels like just people around me. Um, I don't connect with them as much in that lower place. I'm just not like even the audience I won't connect with as much. But like I notice when I do when I'm a lot uh, more encouraging, which I know is like part of my true nature. I've done this my whole life with people and coming up in comedy. I like I love to encourage people. I love to encourage young comedians and help them get better and stuff. So when I'm acting out of that, I notice that like that light analogy, like you're saying, I'm lit up a lot more. And then I go on stage and I connect with the audience a lot more. And it's like it's a deeper connection. And I, I feel so much more energetic and because of that. And it's very true. Like none of that's easy. And there's a like you said, this is something we work at over time. Like you don't uh you can't when you're in a bad spot and you're you might be like, oh fuck, I'm so judgy today and stuff like that. Like you it's it's not as easy to be like, oh, stop being judgy. It just doesn't work like that. And like you said, you over time you kind of learn how to master your own body, your mind, your emotions, and you can come up with better uh ways to like understand when you're in a shittier spot how to kind of bring you up a little bit, right? Yeah, absolutely. And just the fact that you notice and you're aware is a huge step because so many people are not even conscious of of the impact. I mean, the, like everything you've said shows a lot of wisdom in terms of you've already made connections between like I'm having these lower thoughts, I'm ha- I'm feeling jealous, I'm feeling you know, resentful and, and, um, and then noticing the effect of like, okay, well, what is that bringing into my life? You know, that Mm -hmm. making that correlation, because so often, you know, we might actually end up in kind of a downward spiral because we don't understand that, you know, that what the, what's happening with our connections with the external, if they're kind of, we're not connecting, you know, that's a reflection of our state Um, And so just that awareness is so profound and so powerful. And so then we can begin to notice that we actually can control our thoughts, but it starts with 
the recognition that we are having them, you know, because we cycle through all these thoughts. And a lot of times we're, we're repeating, we're doing the same loops over and over and over. And, and uh, we're continuously like just ruminating. And so it's like that intention of breaking that cycle of interrupting that thought pattern where it's like, wait a minute, I'm, what am I, what am I telling myself? And is this even true? Mm. You know, like, is it, so, you know, so-and-so is doing really well in their career and they're doing a lot better than I am, you know? And then it's like, is that, that might not even be true. You know, like we think we project so much and we see from the outside, but we don't even have, uh, we never have like that 360 view of everything that is happening. And a lot of times, um, you know, people that, seem to have it together you know, or, or are where we want to be. You know, it's like if we, if we all were to put our problems out on a table and, uh, you know, so often we'd pick back up our own problems over the problems that we see somebody else has like, Oh, <laughs> Oh wait, actually you can have that one. You know, I didn't realize you had all that going on. In there, yeah. <laughs> <you know? laughs> uh, but we have these incomplete pictures, but we, we, do our best to complete it. And we think that we have this understanding of the totality of things, but we, we just have this little fractal view of any given situation. So often we're telling ourselves things that aren't true. And we're telling ourselves things that aren't true about ourselves as Mm -hmm. well, you know, where it's like, you know, I never get booked and I'm, you know, like, last year was so much better than this year. What, you know what I mean? Just (laughs) whatever it might be, but it's kind of like, we can let ourselves just follow this thread without actually considering whether it's even true. Mm. (laughs) And, and maybe it is true. I mean, probably there are elements of truth in it, but it's not the whole truth. Because even going through like a huge challenge, we may see that it's, we may see it as a challenge without considering the bigger picture and what it might be there to show us and what it might be serving for us to work through so that we can um, move forward in our life, you know, something that needs to be addressed so that we can clear it and move forward. And without the opportunity of the challenge, We don't get the opportunity. We don't have that mirror to be like, oh, this is something that I actually really need to work on. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I love that. Uh, I love like a lot of like different kind of spiritual traditions will actually look at it in that way. Like when you have struggle in your life, when you have fear, when you have all this stuff, like obstacles coming to you, like if you can actually see that this is something that's meant to come to you to help you grow, to help you get to the next part of your life where you need to be. And, and like, if you look at it in that situation, then like, uh, honestly, it's a very healthy way to look at it. And you stop getting into those thought cycles, like you were saying, where you start ruminating and feeling sorry for yourself, which is so easy to do. And like, I think, especially with social media these days, it's like, almost, I, I feel like a lot of people get pushed into it like every day when they just start looking at their phones and then all of a sudden they kind of get pushed into that thought cycle constantly. And it's very, just very bad for the mental health. I feel sorry for young people who have to go through that shit all the time. I know. I I totally agree. It's, Mm -hmm. it can be, you know, cause again, like we fill out the rest of the story. So we watch something on social media, it triggers something. We think we've got this complete picture of something. And it makes us, you know, we we spend so much time comparing. So, you know, if, if if we can get, if we can train ourselves out of the comparison thing and understand that we are all unique individuals on our own unique journey, and it's meant to be unique, you know, it's meant to be just for us to give us the grist in the mill, in the mill, you know, that Mm -hmm. we in, we ourselves need specifically us. Um, you know, and, and just see ourselves as these unique sparks of source having, (laughs) you know, where it's like, then, then, you know, it can start to soften that comparison 
thing where, you know, because you're not going to find somebody who is where you're, you know, who's on par with where exactly where you are, you know, cause you're mm-hmm. you. you yeah. Know? And like, I, like I said that it kind of softens that comparison. Like, uh, like when we go back to how we were talking about the limbic brain, when you're operating out of that, everyone's so separate and you just really have that, like, cause you're in a fear response. Right. So you're like, yeah. that is separate from me and it's danger. And that's how you kind of, uh, when you're, acting too emotionally in those like negative emotions that's how you feel it but like when you get into a more compassionate state which would be your prefrontal cortex like we were talking about mm-hmm. like that's where you start kind of seeing people as like with you not separate from you going through the same things uh part of your journey as well and they're part of yours all of that kind of stuff and that's when all of a sudden you that's when you start like wanting everything to be like yeah that's where you get that compassion for everyone that's where you get that I want to see everything kind of be better and like that's where you get a much like nicer way to look at the world I would think (laughs) yeah yeah I mean you know the I, I love the expression the rising tide raises all boats right so it's kind of like if you're looking at somebody's success who may seem that they're like a little bit in front of you you know, ahead of where you are, it's like, well, if you can see it as like their success is helping to lift Mm -hmm. your success. So if you look at it from a comedy perspective, you know, maybe there's somebody in the, I know you're in Canada. I'm not sure. In Toronto. Yeah. (laughs) Toronto. Okay. So maybe, you know, there are local Toronto comedians and, you know, you want to be like the, the big dog there, but there's another rising star you know, who maybe feels like they're slightly ahead of you, but it's like, wow, if that person can really light things up in Toronto and, and for comedy, you know, it's like, what does that do for everybody there? Like it turns all of the attention to Toronto. So it's like, yes, do it for us. You know, like, Mm -hmm. well, I'll do my best too. But if we're all doing well, we're all drawing the attention. I mean, I feel like comedy also is one of those things that has, you know, I think of like Saturday Night Live, for example, and there are like heydays, like when, I mean, for me, like I was a nineties girl, you know, so like David Spade and um, Chris Farley and Adam Sandler, like for me, that was like the pinnacle um, (laughs) of Saturday Night Live. You know, there are other generations like no Chevy Chase and uh, you know, and, and uh, others with Amy Poehler, you know, whatever. But for me, like that was like the height. But it's like when I feel like that was drawing a lot of attention to the whole show, the whole and and comedy across the board was very, very strong, you know, so it's kind of like, you know, people have in mind, like, what do, what do we do? Oh, let's put a, let's put a comedy, um, a, no, a stand-up it's... thing on, you know what I mean? Because it's just like, everybody's sort of collectively in that space of adoring comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, no, that's I... a perfect way to say it. And that's honestly exactly how it works when, when you get a scene happening, because there's a lot of good comics around, like mm. the whole scene benefits from it. And because of that, you get a lot of new comics popping up too, because they kind of get a bunch of uh, opportunities and inspiration, all of that stuff kind of pops from it. So it is like, uh, yeah, I love that. Um, all right. I want to get back into like uh, meditation a bit here. Um, one thing like, so we were talking about like how we were like, rationally scientifically looking at meditation and then once you get into a practice like you were even gave that like experience you had with the light and like how kind of out there that experience was um I want to kind of know like I want to kind of know what your idea of like energy has kind of been uh like shifted like since you started uh, meditating because I know myself personally like when I first started meditating getting into yoga doing a lot of spiritual stuff and I used to make a lot of jokes about it on stage about like (laughs) spirituality and energy and just like you know just making like silly jokes about it and I still do those jokes because I find them funny um Uh but I'm not gonna lie like the more I get into uh meditation maybe psychedelics, uh, breath work, 
I start looking at the energies in my body and like I start connecting to a lot of different energies and it seems like you yourself uh, have a much like stronger connection uh, I just kind of want to know what your idea of like energy has changed like over the years what an insightful question I love that so when I mean it took me a while to be able to like I mean I I, I always have accepted energy, you know, that, that meditation works with energy and I have energy and, and so forth, but it took me a while to be able to kind of perceive it in, an uh, in, in more beyond the, the mind, you know, mm. there's like this intellectual component where it's like, yes, I guess so, you know, and like, I kind of get what it is, but, um, and I actually do energy healing work. Um, and so, like that has helped me to be able to strengthen my, my perception of it and my experience with it. Um, but it's so closely connected with like what you're talking about with the breath, the breath can be an amazing way for us to begin to even, uh, invite more energy into the body through that, like deep, I can see you taking deep breaths now. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> remember like that we want to like bring that energy. And so when we're bringing, like doing deliberate, like deep breaths, that helps to bring in more energy. Um, but you know, we have the physical body, which is very easy for all of us to accept because we can see it, we can, you know, interact with it. It's dense. It's like right there for all of us to, you know, it's a very easy tool for us to get around and interact with each other. Um, but then we have these, uh, you know, like thoughts. It's like, well, thoughts are not tangible. Um, but that would be an example of an energy because it's it's not tangible, but it is something that we all experience. Emotions, likewise, it's like you're not going to be able to hold, you know, an emotion in your hand, but we all experience it. Like we mm -hmm. we understand that we have this, even though we can't see we can't see them, um, and they're not like solid. Um, but our body is made up of energy. And so there are a lot of different ways that, that we express them. You know, we, we have like the chakra system, which is like, uh, nodal points of energy, like, uh, where energy kind of comes together throughout the body and it goes up the spine. Um, and when we do like healing work, we can understand that, there's the ability to transfer energy from one to another. Um, so really healing work, energetic healing work is simply kind of opening up and, and bringing more like different techniques to bring more energy from source into the body to be able to utilize that and I'm I'm thinking about this from um, hands-on healing, but of course there are other ways that we heal energetically without even having to touch somebody, mm -hmm. um, because we start to work with things in in more of a quantum way that doesn't require time and space, and um, and so, but it's it's really this transference of like okay, if we can make ourselves conduits where, you know, we can, we know how to bring in more energy and then we can move that energy into the heart and out through the hands and direct it. Then we can start to affect other people, um, not only sending, but also picking up, you know, learning how to kind of read what, where energy wants to go and where energy is needed. Um, and, yeah. I mean, gosh, you can take it. You can take the energy conversation so many different ways. Like the planet is, is energy too. And so, you know, there are like energy lines that run through the planet that affect us as well. So, uh, you know, you can go to sacred sites and a lot of times they'll have like vortexes of energy and it just like, you can enter these spaces and feel like you can feel changes within you of like, you might not be sure really what, why you feel differently, but, um, but you can notice that you, you do you shift into like a calmer state or feel like just a different, you know, clearer, mm -hmm. for example. 
Yeah, no, no, that's really cool. And I like how you were talking. I like how you brought it from like thoughts to emotions to deeper like levels of like energy. Because like, I think like, when you start meditation, and you start looking at thoughts, and you start seeing like what they really are. Um, but then when you get into emotions, because like, I think that is like the next step is like feeling your emotions. And when you're unconsciously just living an emotion, you're not really feeling it too much. So you don't really know the exact like taste and texture of an emotion. But like when you are mindful of it and you're feeling an emotion as it's like going through you, you see like the deep energy that's like in an emotion and like how it's affecting your whole body. And that's when like, like I think that's when you start getting that little shift of like kind of understanding like the amount of energy that's kind of like just circulating in your body all the time and then like you start to become like you start perceiving just like different subtle types of energy all the time but it is like I don't know for me it was like emotion like kind of actually like feeling that emotion like feeling anger feeling sadness feeling joy um but like being mindful of it and see how it like goes through your whole body and how much energy is in emotion because it's packed full of it yeah i love that too i love also how you're talking about letting it move through you mm. you know because so often uh we might feel that the 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 right thing to do is to like if we feel anger coming in is to deny it you know like Nope. Especially if we are like on some sort of a path of, of improvement, you know, it's like, Nope, I don't get angry or I don't get sad, you know, and it's like, just try to block it off. And so it doesn't get that, um, that, uh, we don't get to feel it and we, it doesn't move through us. But what, what we don't realize is that we're not actually preventing it from affecting us. We're not actually preventing it from, causing a, a response, you know, like it and subtle layers within us, if we're not letting if we're not seeing it, and we're not allowing it to move mm. through us. So there's a difference between like, feeling the anger and having like impulsive responses to it, where we're just like, you know, on a we're hell bent to make everybody suffer for whatever has happened to us. But it's feeling it. And exactly like you're saying, like, okay, I feel angry and you don't have to do anything. You know, it's like, it doesn't warrant a response necessarily, but it is important to recognize it and to feel it. And to, you know, I love how you're talking about just feel what it's doing to your body, but the, our emotions are temporary. And I think it is uh, Dr. Jill Bolte Taylor, who wrote my stroke of insight who talks about, um, I think it's like, it takes 90 seconds to process an emotion from like the original, the original kind of trigger for that emotion. And then the whole cycle, the chemical cycle that happens in the body, if we let it run its course, it's like in 90 seconds. Mm. And then from a chemical standpoint, then we've metabolized it. Now we, might hold on to it. We might tell a story about it, but anything that we have after that night, initial 90 seconds, it's because we're, we're pulling it back into the present moment and we're, we're repeating it. Mm -hmm. So we may feel like, gosh, I'm still angry from the, the altercation that I had hours ago, but it's not actually, you're not, you're not processing the original, mm -hmm. um, the original episode, you're continuously bringing it in and then your body is going through it again. So, but the important thing here being the, the importance of accepting, you know, these emotions, letting them run through, not holding on to them and not like, oh, okay, there's my anger. And now I'm never going to let it go, but understanding that it, it's a process and it's a pretty quick process. But from, from an energy perspective, if we stop that process and we just go like, nope, I'm going to deny that I have this within us, then it, it gets stored in our energy and it doesn't get processed. It doesn't get metabolized. It kind of gets covered up. And eventually, you know, you start to store that stuff up and, and it has to be cleared out. 
Um, you know, whether that means that eventually you just blow up because <laughs> enough of it, you know, it's like, I've suppressed so much anger that like the one thing, you know, comes in and I'm going to just like really go <laughs> hell for leather here, but, um, or how, or it could manifest as disease, like these energetic blockages that we have, they do affect the physical body. It can cause like autoimmune issues. If we, you know, have enough unprocessed, um, of anything, unprocessed trauma, unprocessed emotions. So it, it, we really, um, it's very beneficial to just, as you were saying, you know, let that process happen, feel it, let it, let it move through you. And again, remember that it's temporary because oftentimes we'll get, we'll get triggered and it's like, oh, now I'm mad. Mm. And then we like, it's like, we think that this is this permanent state. Like from now on, I'm mad, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, just, it feels like that in the it moment. It feels like, permanent. Like anytime, yeah. like, honestly, uh, one of my, uh, things I always had was like, whenever I started feeling like really joyful or like just really confident, I remember like in my head, you're just like, bam, I made it. This is it. <laughs> this is forever. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I don't have to worry about anything anymore. <laughs> but yeah. like, it's even like recognizing like those are like uh, everything, like everything's temporary. So it's like, let it be, let it pass and enjoy it. Or like, uh, you don't even need to enjoy it if it's a uh, one, you're not like an anger or something, but let it be and let it pass. Because I love how you're saying like, you, you're going if you don't let it pass you're gonna store it in your body you're repressing it so that I love how like now western medicine's even like kind of like understanding this now the links between emotion and disease are starting to come out there's so many studies now and it's like it's like a whole new way of looking at uh medicine now it's unreal and it's just such a beautiful thing to see kind of popping up in uh western society now but like i think that's another way to like kind of let people understand like how beautiful meditation mindfulness is is like learn to understand connect with your emotions and learn to like let them come and go freely so you don't store it in your body you don't repress it and how then like you don't get the you don't get whatever negative consequences that repression leads to right right absolutely mm -hmm. all right uh Kara this was amazing uh so much fun I got one more question you kind of answered it already but I know uh, I'm sorry I'll, I spoiled uh, it <laughs> I'll let you maybe do a deeper dive if you feel the need to uh but Kara Goodwin God, yay or nay? Well, I, I do have to say yay. Um, and the, I mean, it's more of like a conceptual, like I don't, I don't see it as like, you know, the old man in the sky type of thing or um, any sort of judgmental like figure. Um, I, I, I think of God kind of, kind of as an energy, as like a presence, as a light, um, you know, I, I told you about that great big, uh, sphere of light that I don't, I didn't experience that as God. That was kind of like, as what, what kind of came to me during that experience was the, my, my creator being, mm -hmm. and we all have creator beings. And then God is sort of like, you know, beyond that. I could tell there was more about beyond that and beyond that and beyond that, um, so I see it more as like this, this creator light, um, that is, you know, obviously benevolent, um, that is, uh, you know, just it, that is not like human form type of thing. Um, so, but I do feel like that there is this intelligent force. That's the the best way. Like if we want to say God is an intelligent force, intelligent, benevolent force, um, then yay. Yes. <laughs> old awesome. man in the sky, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor old man in the sky. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. All right, Kara, thank you so much for this. Um, please let my thank audience you, know Kara. where they can get a hold of you and uh, let them know about your podcast as well. 
Yeah, thank you. So I have a website, karagoodwin.com. My name starts with a K and everything else is as it sounds. Um, I have a free 10 minute guided meditation on there. Um, there are a couple of, of little freebies on there. Um, I have a retreat coming up if you're in, well, if you're in the area or you want to fly in, I'm in the, the Indiana area and, um, I have an amazing retreat coming up at the end of October. Um, I have different offerings on my site. You can learn to meditate. Um, and I, uh, oh, the podcast is called the meditation conversation. And I have some beautiful guests. It's, it's similar to this interview, interview style. Um, and we just kind of talk about different, like, you know, it started as like my, my friend and I in Sweden and my friend in Sweden and I like talking about meditation and, and, and like the kind of fundamentals of that. And it's evolved over time, um, where it's, we just talk about, well, actually she doesn't do it anymore, but, uh, I talk with guests about, um, you know, a consciousness, a lot of things about consciousness and different, different. I mean, we talk about like ETs and <laughs> healing and like, you know, anything is fair game. Cause I just find it all like super interesting. So that's so cool. All right. Uh, thanks, Karen. I'll make sure to toss that in the podcast description. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Nor. I've really enjoyed it. All right. That was another episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please like and subscribe to the podcast. Give it a good rating. That always helps. And share it with like-minded people. I really do appreciate that. You can check me out at NoorKidY on Instagram or check out my website, NoorKidY.com. You can see my comedy. You can see my comedy dates that are coming up and all that other information. We're part of the comedy here often, Podcast Network on 604 Records. But I'll see you next time on another episode of God Yay or Nay.